0: Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other Ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. All right, welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I am so excited to have a special guest with us today, Annika Watkins, who is not only a friend of mine, but also an amazing, amazing copywriter. And she is here to talk to us all about e copywriting, product descriptions, uh, landing pages, websites, all things copy. But before we dig into all of that, Annika, why don't you give us your background and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so a little bit about myself. I've been writing copy for more than 10 years professionally. I've also owned my own agency for more than 10 years. And with the agency model I've had, we've done everything from Facebook ad management, funnel builds, website copy, uh website design, you name it, we've done it. And then ended up narrowing completely down just to the thing that I do best, which is copywriting. So today I own Moxie Copywriting. We're a copywriting agency. um, And we've got an awesome team of direct response copywriters. And we write for clients all over the world, many of them for e-com. So super excited to dive in with you today and talk about e-commerce and the importance of having really, really good copy to sell your products. I love, love, love that. Well, I know you have lots
0: of experience with, um, you know, writing for e-commerce companies and obviously you've done Facebook advertising. We're going to talk about that as well as some other things. But, you know, one of the things that I see most often as we just kind of dig in here is when you look at someone's, you know, website or you look at someone's product pages, what you see most often is, you know, copy that maybe isn't converting really well. And um, a lot of times when we do audits or we do different things with our clients, they don't really understand that or they don't know why it's not. So I'm curious if you could give me like some, some of the top tips or the top things that are of mistakes that people are making when it comes to e-commerce copy on their websites or product descriptions?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you've said this. Um, it's kind of this approach of if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. Um, and I've worked with so many e-com brands over the years. And one thing I've heard them say so many times, time and time again, is my product is for everyone. Everyone needs this product. And I will always come back to them and say. No, (laughs) that's just not true. You might have a really cool (laughs) universal product that lots of people may want to buy, correct. However, you're still gonna have a niche audience of people. Maybe it's a big niche, maybe it's a small niche, but they're a unique group of people. So if you're trying to appeal to everyone, your copy will appeal to no one. Um, So I always recommend that e-commerce brands narrow it down to at least two or three avatars. I always shy away from having just one core audience because I think that it's a little risky to put all of your eggs in one basket. And I do think most e-commerce products have at least two or three unique audiences that they could be reaching um, with their products. So what I like to do first when I'm writing copy is figure out who those unique audiences are. Um, the website, obviously, you're not going to appeal to three different audiences. Same thing with the product descriptions. That's going to be a bit, a little bit more broad, like your broad audience. However, when you're writing Facebook copy, um, that's where you're going to cater it to those unique audiences. So I think you really need to understand in detail, who that core audience is, what do they like, where do they shop, um, what language do they use, where do they spend their time online, you really have to do your diligence and get inside that customer's head. Um, And that takes time. And there's a whole nother method and madness to doing the research part of that, which could be a whole episode of its own. Um, But I think that is a huge (laughs) you know, just really researching your avatar. And then the second thing I would say is a lot of e-commerce brands, You know, either the company's really attached to the product themselves or it's a small brand and they just want to write their own copy. They think they can just kind of slap some copy together. The product will sell itself. The product is so cool. The copy is an afterthought. And that usually doesn't work so well. And like you said, you're going to see poor conversions. Um, So I always say if you're not a copywriter, please hire one because that's what they do best. Um, You know, for myself and my agency, Mm -hmm. I don't make videos. I'm not going to attempt making videos or graphics. So I always hire that stuff out. Copywriting is no different. Um, If you want the best, hire the best. You know, all of these things add together to make your your product sell online. Um, So those are the two top things I would say is really knowing that audience, um, first of all, and then making sure you do have a professional writer handling the copy for your brand.
0: So when you talk a little bit about, you know, and and I have said that many times when you when you speak to everyone, you're speaking to no one, so to speak. Uh, And when you think about your audience and you're thinking about copy for your website, let's just start with that first. Mm -hmm. And And you're thinking about who your ideal audience is how do you kind of get into their head or how, what, what kind of maybe are some things that you should think about when, you know, you're, you're trying to get in their head. And again, Mm -hmm. I know we can kind of go off onto a whole tangent about, you know, how do you research your audience and things like that. But from a copy perspective, you know, I've heard people say things like you should write in first person, you should write in second person, Mm -hmm. you should write as if you're the you're the person buying, you should write as the business owner. Like how do I flush that stuff out when I'm thinking about it as a, as an e-commerce? Yeah,
1: totally. Well, I think whether you're e-commerce or any business, first of all, I think you should, you should always have brand voice and content guidelines. That's kind of like your roadmap Mm -hmm. for how you're going to talk to your audience. So once you know who your audience is, they, every, all the copy needs to flow from that. So what I mean by that is let's say, you own an online boutique and your target audience is women ages 25 to 40. They like hip, trendy clothing. Um, they like to buy the latest trends. They like fun, flirty outfits um, that are just really cute. That's the brand. One that comes to mind is Pink Lily. Yeah. I shop from them all the time. And, um, you know, so when you're thinking of yeah. that, audience, <laughs> you know, look at, Look at what they're doing yeah. online. So are they spending time on Instagram? Do they follow influencers? Where do they shop? Are they, do they like Starbucks? Um, you know, what shows are they watching? You, you really do want to do your research and get in their head and try to figure out what are the things that matter to them? Um, do they have, you know, extra income to just buy what they want because it's cute? Are they buying clothes that are functional? So you really want to paint that picture of that person. Yeah. Are they married? I mean, you could go super, super deep with this. Um, but then, you know, once you've kind of paint, painted that picture, uh, your copy should reflect that. So you might say something like, hey, girl, you know, here's the the cute sweatshirt you've been waiting for, you know, for the perfect occasion, Um you just want to keep that language friendly and in a way that it's going to match the tone of that audience. So it totally depends what product you're selling. If you're selling cute boutique-y clothes that are trendy, you're going to talk one way. If you're selling a more serious product for like back pain, for example, that's going to be a totally different way of copywriting. So does that kind of make sense? I don't know if I answered your question fully, but Yeah. So it's really, no,
0: you did. did. It's like kind of like a, not a one size fits all, I guess is, is sort of what you're saying is that. You know, you need to really understand your ideal customer Mm -hmm. and your ideal avatar. And when we say avatar, we mean, you know, purchaser or ideal client customer um, so that you can speak the language that's going to resonate with them Mm -hmm. the most. Right. And so your point, if you're hip and trendy, you should use hip and trendy words. If you are selling supplements, it's going to be maybe a bit more, you know, I don't know, medical, medical or a bit more formal <laughs> yes. or, or something along those yes, lines. Definitely. So not just to go into the mindset of copywriting with, well, I should use a you know first person or I should write like this because that's what everybody else is doing, but rather very unique to your particular niche and your particular product. Yeah, website.
1: definitely. And I would say too, when you're so close to your product um, as an e-commerce store owner, it can be difficult to write about your product because- You're so close to it, it's often not best to write about the things you're closest to because you can't see things from another angle. Um, And a lot of times with like product descriptions, for example, the e-commerce store owner might really want to just focus on the features. They know it's the best cotton. They know it's the highest thread count. They've made sure they have the highest quality Mm -hmm. ingredients, whatever it might be. And those are great things to put into your product description. However, you really want to lead with the benefit. How is your customer going to benefit from having your product? So I always tell people the classic example is if you're selling a mattress, you're selling a good night's sleep, not the mattress. So if I'm going to buy a mattress, mm-hmm. am I going to sleep better? Right. Am I going to feel better? Is it going to relieve my headaches? Um, am I going to have, you know, more comfortable sleep or feel less hot when I'm sleeping? I don't care as much about the coils that was made of or of fabric. I just want to know how am I going to benefit from that? So I think whenever you're writing product descriptions right. or really any type of copy for e-commerce, lead with how your customer is going to benefit from that. Um, just a couple tips for product descriptions. You do want to have a very descriptive headline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so you'll want to use a product title that will hook your audience. Um, so that's really important. And Don, you mentioned something that your clients often name the products in in the wrong way or they go about giving the products the wrong names. Yeah. I What I see a lot
0: of times, and, and you've probably experienced this yourself, is that we'll have um, you know dawn's eyelashes and I always use the eyelash example because it's the one that comes up yeah. the most I think when I when I work with people, but they have. Like you know, the Don's eyelashes, or they have the Annika's, you know, sports jacket, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. People aren't searching from a searchability perspective. It's really uh, you know hard because nobody's searching Don's eyelashes, <laughs> nobody's searching right. Annika's sports jacket. They're 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 searching for the particulars of that. But yeah. that's what I find a lot. So, what are some good you know product description tips? headlines, product names that you could give us.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a good point. And I think there's a few ways you can go about it depending on what type of e-commerce brand we're talking about. If it's supplements or something, that's usually pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to bury the lead. That's how I like to think of it. If it's the Dawn eyelash, I have no idea what that means. Um, maybe it should be something more like Mega luxe lash extension, something that tells me in the name of the product that I'm going to have mega lashes or whatever it might be or telescopic lashes because of this mascara. There's a really good one I'm thinking of right now on on Instagram that I keep seeing over and over and it had a great name and I can't think of it. But I think the product name is really important. And again, it comes down to sometimes as an e-commerce store owner, you want to personalize it so much to yourself. But at the end of the day, it's not about what you like or what you think is cool. It's about what your audience is going to um, be drawn to. So I think that's really important. Um, And then when you're writing, when you're writing your descriptions, you know, having that great product description title and then leading with the benefits next is what I would do. How are they going to benefit from that copy or from that uh, product? And then focus on the key benefits first. And then if you want to focus on some of the features, like the example I used of, you know, made of this fabric, it's machine washable, something like that, that's great. Um, But you do want to lead with benefits for sure. So on when you when you talk about benefits, you're you're talking
0: a a little bit more about like, problem solution sort of benefits right or visualizing myself in your particular product or that type of thing So I know we get we get asked a lot like well what is a benefit of eyelashes what what is that benefit like how would I interpret that?
1: Yeah. So that's a really good question, especially for, you know, beauty and um, fashion brands, they can get stuck. Like, how are, how are you really going to benefit? It's not like you have a pain point when it comes to a sweater. Um, so when I think about that in a benefit standpoint, it's more, how is it going to make me feel when I wear it? Or where am I going to mm-hmm. wear that sweater? Is it, you know, the perfect um, little black dress for my next date night, you know, to feel, sexy and show off my shoulders like that's the stuff I want to see in a product description you know it's a -a one-of-a-kind unique um dress unlike anything else that's gonna wow your man for date night stuff like that um and Pink Lily I love their e-commerce brand everything about it is phenomenal and I think they do like 150 million in online sales they're incredible um but I love their product descriptions I love their headlines um They're just fantastic Mm. when it comes to e-commerce writing. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. I have nothing to do with them. I just love them as an e-commerce brand.
0: I I love shopping there as well. I I think it's one of those, um, like, you know, and that brings up a good point, too, of just, like, finding inspiration through other, you know, great copy or through other, um, you know, brands that really represent what you're trying to do. Now there's this whole sort of, like, you know, funnel hacking kind of thing and this whole mindset of like going and stealing. And I'm not saying that by any means. And you're not either. I know mm-hmm. of, of going no. and you know swiping other people's copy because that actually is a really big problem in, in the online space. But mm-hmm. you can use places like that as inspiration for how Definitely. you get great copy. Is there any tips or tricks that you have learned through your... Um, career on how to write like, like, where do you get some of your inspiration? So as an e commerce owner, like, how how can I do that? Just like go to different websites like that? Or?
1: Yeah, so what I would do, I mean, for sure, I do this for myself, even as a copywriting agency, I'm always looking at what my competitors are doing all yeah. the time. You know, so I regularly take time to look at their website, see if they've changed anything, added any services. I look at their ads um, and you can go to the Facebook ads library. That's a free tool for everyone. Um, And it's really great because you can type in your competitors and you can see any ads that they are running. Um, So for e-commerce, when we're writing e-commerce ads for clients, that's one of the first things we do, actually, is we go to the Facebook ads library. We look up at least three to four of the competitors for that brand. Um. So as an e-commerce store owner, know who those top three to five competitors are and regularly check out their ad copy, subscribe to their email list, you know, see how they're promoting their products. And like Don said, um, it's not so that you can just swipe it or copy it. That's definitely a no-no, but it's really great to see what's working um, and to see how you could pull from that and kind of emulate what they're doing. And I do that very frequently. Um, And, you know, like recently we've been – Looking at tons of e commerce ads in the beauty space. And what we see working right now is different than what was working a year ago. The copy has gotten much shorter. It's super benefit driven. It's really punchy. I don't know that unless I'm looking at ads regularly from those types of e commerce brands. So that's a big thing. Know your top three to five competitors, check out their ads, look at their website, and kind of think to yourself how could I pull from that and maybe take it up a level um, and make it unique for my brand?
0: Yeah, I think you bring up some really great points and and we'll be sure to link to some of these resources in the in the show notes as well. But, you know, making sure that you're, you know, staying on top of what your competitors are doing, understanding how trends are changing when it comes to copywriting. That's true for all, you know, parts of e-commerce, right? From from product mm-hmm. design and development and ads and copy and all sorts of different things. Um, but you brought up a really, in you know, something that I, I want to continue to talk about um, around Um, email and email marketing a little bit. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times e-commerce brands only think about abandoned cart sequences, or they only think about, gee, somebody, you know, should get this abandoned cart sequences are amazing and they, everybody should have them. Um, And, and I'd love to hear what you think is a really great abandoned cart. What, what makes a really great abandoned cart sequence, but outside of that, I think e-commerce brands really should have continuous email marketing that's going on mm-hmm. that's a consistent part of their business, right? And and the copy around email, and yes. it
1: should be part of it. Would you agree or disagree with that? I totally agree. And I think most e-commerce brands do the bare minimum, which is an abandoned cart sequence, right. and then they slap together an email whenever they have a promotion. And that's about it. That's all they do. Yep, <laughs> well. I would say you need four sequences in place minimum as an e-commerce brand. You need that abandoned cart sequence. You need a welcome sequence for subscribers. So hopefully you've got some kind of pop-up on your site for 10% off or some sort of offer, you know, as an opt-in to collect emails on your e-commerce store. Um, Then you also need a sequence for new customers because that you would be so surprised how many clients come back to us and they're like, man, that new customer sequence brought in more business and they had just purchased a product, but then we launched the sequence and recommended other products for them and then gave them a discount code and they came back and bought more. Um, So new customers will actually respond quite well when you send them really good content as a follow-up and drip that out over a certain amount of time. Um, And then the last one is a reactivation sequence. So when somebody's purchased from you and they haven't purchased in say three months or six months, have a sequence in place for those people to get them to come back and check out what's new, see what they've missed over the last six months, tell them you've missed them, encourage them to browse your new products, um, and give them some sort of incentive to shop with you again. So I think email is one of the most underutilized things that e-commerce stores are not using. And once you have it in place, it's just like free money because it does all the work for you and it just keeps going in the background. Um, And with things like Clavio, you can track everything um, and you can see your return on investment when you have those sequences in place.
0: Well, and I think, you know, too, as the, the, paid advertising landscape is really changing. And, and we can, again, we'll have many podcasts about, you know, paid advertising, but as of today, the paid advertising landscape is really changing. And, um, you know, having a solid email list and then actually utilizing that email list, meaning you have a customer, they've purchased from you. Now you've captured them. It doesn't matter if your Facebook ads go in the toilet or if you are not doing any paid advertising, you still have these customers' emails and you can get directly into their email, into their inbox through email. Mm-hmm. That can't ever be taken away and doesn't matter what the landscape of, of paid ads looks like. That's always something that yeah. you have. And I feel like you're so right when you say e-commerce brands don't take advantage, you know, of some of these. And I love that you gave us, you know, four specifically that you should have because I just I even made a couple notes of like I think I have a couple of clients that probably don't have new customers. They need those, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they you don't think yeah. about that really, right? In some cases, where, you think, well, I sold them the product; right.
1: that was the goal, yeah. And then it stops there. But really, I mean, when I think about brands I've purchased from online, and then they follow up with me a lot of times I'll go back and buy something else. Or if I get the product and I like it, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll get another one or get it in a different color because it's actually really cute. And then it pops up in my inbox. And it's just a reminder saying, hey, you know, check out this other thing we think you might like. So those can be really, really powerful for sure.
0: Really powerful. Yeah. And so let's talk about the traditional um, abandoned cart sequence because we get asked Mm -hmm. a lot about this. And, you know, how many abandoned carts should you have? How many, how many, you know, abandoned cart emails should you have, what should you expect from, you know, a conversion rate and, and some of those types Mm -hmm. of things. But what I'm curious to know too, is like, what makes a great abandoned cart sequence? Like I, I love, almost abandoning a cart when I'm shopping just so I can see what the emails are because some of them are so yeah. clever and so cute and so yeah. really you know pull you back kind of thing but in your opinion and you've done this for many many years now what really makes a great abandoned cart sequence and what should I expect to see you know as a return because of that
1: yeah, definitely. Well, if it's set up properly and if the copy is compelling, you should see a good return. I don't have a set number just because I usually don't see the back end of a lot of these campaigns, but I can definitely tell you what ingredients you need in the campaigns to make them successful. Yes. Um, so for Abandoned Cart, I mean, minimum, you want to look at three emails. That's what I always recommend. You know, it could be a mix of four hours later, 24 hours later, 72 hours later, everybody does that a little bit different. Um, I kind of like to lean towards closer to 12 hours later. I usually don't like reminders so fast, but it kind of depends on the brand. Um, And to what you said, Dawn, I think that first email is so important. If you can make it super short, super punchy, you know, hey, you forgot something in your cart, don't just say that. I think if you could tie it into your brand voice and make it maybe a little humorous or say something a little unexpected there, um, that's a great way to get people to come back. Uh, The thing is with e-commerce emails, they're not super long when it comes to copy, but the copy has to be right. It needs to be punchy and effective. Um, And the headline too, or the subject line, excuse me, needs to pique people's interest and almost make them feel like, that that reads so weird, or that's so interesting. I have to click my inbox because I'm so curious yeah. what what the email is going to say. Um, but add to cart is usually pretty straightforward, and people like to click on them for a couple reasons. One, they truly did just forget, and they like that reminder to go back and buy it. And then, two, a lot of people know abandoned carts come with discounts, and so they'll they'll wait for that discount, wow. and they know it's coming in one of those emails. Um, you know, and I think too, like in the second email. That's where you can get into talking about those benefits again. So if they didn't click the first email and just go back and finish the cart, email number two is your chance to say, hey, remember you're you're gonna have an amazing night's sleep, you're not gonna have any back pain, you're gonna feel good, you're gonna be less grumpy in the morning. Come on back and you know put this item in your cart. So that's where you can really sell it in a few short points. And then email number three. That's where you want to throw in some scarcity or urgency um, and some sort of incentive, you know, time's running out. We can't hold this item forever. Um, As, you know, as a bonus, we're going to give you a 15% discount because we really want you to try this product. We know it's going to change your life and make you feel so much better, Um, you know, so you want to give them that at the end. So those are kind of the basics, um, the bones of a good abandoned cart sequence.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of times that there will be one that'll go out, right? But oftentimes mm-hmm. you don't see that initial two or three. And we work primarily with um, Shopify store owners, although not exclusively. We primarily work with Shopify and it's natively built in if you have it turned off. But then I don't see anything after that, right? Like, so you see the one that automatically goes out, but then there's not a series of the second and the third one. And a lot of times I, in in our experience, you'll get it on the third one because they'll know that the mm-hmm. discount is coming. But even if you don't get a discount, the the tenacity of, of having three emails, you know, people by that point are yeah. usually like, Okay, let me go check it out. I was already there, right? So Yeah. So three is kind of the ideal scenario um, in, in that particular mm-hmm. situation. And then you said a new customer sequence. What's the kind of uh, the amount of new customer sequence emails? that? Are- so
1: I usually like to start with five. I feel like five's not too much. Okay. It's not too little and space them out a bit. Um, again, there's no magic rule to how you space them out. I like to do one pretty much right away, maybe a few days later, then maybe a week later, two weeks later, three weeks. Um, and the nice thing when you space them out like that is they should have received the product by that point they should have had a, a week or two to use it play with it and then you can start asking them for things like testimonials or reviews or feedback um, and I really enjoy oh. emails that I get from brands that that are engaging and they want to know what I think of the product um, and they are personal in their emails you know did you have any issues with shipping did you have any questions any trouble let us know we care I feel like when you have that opportunity, to be personal in your emails with a new customer, it really makes a difference. And I feel like um, it's one of the most important sequences you should have in place as an e-commerce brand.
0: Yeah, I love that. And then for the welcome sequence, um, is that the other one that you said, the welcome sequence?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, three to five is usually a good sweet spot. So that's when you are delivering, you know, some sort of discount code. Usually there's some kind of pop-up or offer on your store. You enter the email and then you deliver the code to them. Um, So, you know, the first email would be something like, here's your discount code, shop these amazing products. Second email could be, you know, here's some other products you might enjoy, Third email could be, um, you know, how we got started, a little backstory of our brand. Four could be all testimonials, you know, why people are obsessed with the product. Um, And then five could be, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of other incentive or connect with us on social or something like that, or a contest or a giveaway or whatever it might be. There's so much room for, you know, different things, different angles um, with these emails, but... I think the more you can add value and show them other things they might like and using social proof and emails before someone has purchased is also really powerful. Um, So that's a great place to infuse some of that in a welcome sequence. I love that. I love that.
0: And these, you know, uh, again, just so underutilized. And I think you've given us some great tips or tricks and things that we should be thinking about from, from an email perspective as well. Um, well, gosh, I could talk to you forever, Annika. I mean, we could like go on for hours and, and talking about all things, you know, copy and e-commerce. But are there any last thoughts that you have or any last things that you would want to tell someone that's maybe, you know, struggling? with copy or, or anything like that. Yeah,
1: I mean I would say, you know, really start with your brand voice and content guidelines. Map out, you know, the tone of your brand, the voice you want to stick with, know your audience and your and your avatars very deeply. Get inside their head. And I think that's the best place to start. If you can equip yourself with those basics, whether you write the copy or you hire someone else to write the copy, you're going to be in so much of a better place. But I do truly think like anything in life, stay in your zone. You know, so if you are not a copywriter, it's worth it. You know, you pay someone to build a beautiful online store for you. You pay someone for the beautiful product photos that you have. Why would you leave this out? You know, copy is one of the most important things to sell a product or service. If you are not connecting with the customer. If you are not selling them on your product, they're not going to buy from your store, no matter how pretty it is or how beautiful the photos are. So if you miss that part, um, it's not going to convert. So I do think that copy is worth the investment. Absolutely. Um, You know, you can dabble in anything. You could dabble in it and take a stab at it yourself and see if your conversions improve. Um, But ultimately, it is a key piece of yeah. e-commerce success. So I, I'm always a big advocate If if it's not something you do, have someone else do it who's an expert at that particular thing.
0: I totally I totally agree because just to our earlier conversation I you think you're good at everything and and sometimes you're not. <laughs> and so getting a professional, you know, into that space for you is so so important. So, as we wrap up, if people want to find out more about your services and how they could hire you or find out more about what you and your agency Um, offers. Where can we find you? And and how do we get in touch with you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Our website is moxiecopywriting.com. And that's M-O-X-I-E. So moxiecopywriting.com. You can reach out to us on there. And we also make it really easy to just order any of the copy that you need for your e-commerce store from ads to product descriptions. Uh, We can really handle all of that for you, including email sequences. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure to speak with you today. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh,
0: my gosh. It's been so so good. yes, thank you so much. You've really given us some amazing things to um, think about and some really tactical and tangible tips um, to put copy uh, high converting copy into our e-commerce stores as well as some amazing um, tips for email. So thank you so so much for coming on and again go to moxiecopywriting.com and follow them on social media as well. Thank you so much, Annika, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.